Welcome to the Cover 2 Resources podcast series, a podcast series about addiction and addiction education. My name is Amy McNeil. I lost my brother Samuel to a heroin overdose on October 23, 2015. He was 28. As a family, we thought we were prepared to help Sam fight addiction, but we were painfully mistaken. My family founded Cover 2 Resources in memory of Sam. Our mission is to arm others with the knowledge needed to best support a loved one struggling with opioid addiction. The Cover 2 Resources podcast is an ongoing series in which we interview experts in the fight against opioid addiction. It is made possible through donations and sponsorships from concerned individuals or organizations. If you want to help in the fight against opioid addiction, please consider donating or sponsoring the Cover 2 podcast. Go to cover2.org for more information. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and via RSS feed. Simply search for the full name, Cover 2 Resources, on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Greg McNeil, founder of Cover 2 Resources, and I'm here today with Garrett Hart. He's the creative content director for the Summit Radio Station, 91.3 in Akron, Ohio, and 90.7 in Youngstown. And he hosts Rock and Recovery. Garrett, welcome. Thanks. It's great to be with you. All right. So how did you end up at the Summit? And specifically, then let's lead into Rock and Recovery and sure. how that came about. Well, the what uh, what happened for me is that um, I, I spent uh, a, a chunk of my career in uh, Wisconsin at the um, uh, the big rock station there it was called uh, the Rock and Apple in Appleton, Wisconsin. Uh, and, <laughs> Way uh, up in Appleton, uh, yeah, I've been there before, and that's where it's and, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, well, I got to tell you, it's one of those places where it's a great community. And it's a, 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 it's really wonderful, but as you note, it is isolated. Yeah, it was sort of like an into and unto itself. So I came back home to uh, Pittsburgh and programmed uh, the market leader rock station there, WDVE, and programmed that uh, through. Um, go ahead. Is Pittsburgh home? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I came back home to Pittsburgh and uh, programmed um, uh, the radio station there, the market leader uh, rock station, WDVE. And with um, uh, broadcast corporate consolidation, I found myself looking for ways to stay ahead of that corporate machine that was not only with consolidation as far as radio stations and industry, they were taking the creativity out of the program director's hands and uh, handing them a short list of songs that were uh, the the best testing, the, the ones that people wanted to hear most. The and playlist. Re- and really become taking um, radio and um, the way I, I think of it is the McDonaldization of radio, where you could go into any town, anywhere across the country and hear the same songs and the same messages and see the same thing. So they were consolidating into a corporate thing. I, I was much more creative than that. So I worked on uh, other opportunities, found myself in Canton uh, and programming the rock station there. Uh, when that consolidation came through, I went to work for Sirius Satellite Radio. 
I programmed two channels uh, from home and I worked uh, weekly at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that has, has a recording studio. And we were contracted through Sirius to uh, provide programs and shows in that studio. So I worked with the Rock Hall and uh, programmed for Sirius. When Sirius and XM consolidated, I found myself looking for the next opportunity and I came to the summit as a volunteer with the idea this was a um, non-commercial uh, AAA radio station. And AAA is adult album alternative. So it was a, a, a just a really nice niche radio uh, station in Akron. And I thought I'd work there as a volunteer while I was looking for the next programming opportunity in commercial radio. And when I came here, um, the, the general manager offered me a challenge. They wanted to create a kid's channel. And they had a great name for it, but they didn't know what kind of contact they were or content they were going to use. And the um, the name of the channel was Kijam, and it would be an HD and online channel. And the things for me that were important were, were that uh, my wife had worked very closely with a child psychiatrist, and they are all much published. And he had his own set of what he called his 16 skills and principles that each kid needed to learn to become a um, uh, an active member of their community as an adult. Mm-hmm. So that became the, the, the essence of Kijam Radio. I had programmed pop radio and um, oldies. So the, the Kijam music became clean, current pop songs, hard to find, mixed with classic pop tunes. So you could hear Beatles and Jackson Brown or um, Jackson 5 and, and lots of other fun songs. But the, the secret sauce in between the songs Kids talking to kids about how to handle a bully and exercise and nutrition, self-respect and self-care, things to build resiliency in kids as far upstream as we could, focusing on 8 to 12-year-olds, those vulnerable tweeners that are conflicted with messages that are far too mature for what they should be thinking about and can, can confuse them as they head into their teen years about how to handle peer pressure and how to deal with their own realities. So the radio station launched. We did extremely well with it, uh, supported by the Akron Public Schools and the Boys and Girls Club of the Western Reserve and Akron Children's Hospital. Uh, The GM came back to me and said, you know, we have room on the hard drive. We could do another radio channel. And I went, I put my promotions marketing hat on and I, all the radio stations, all the radio stations I had worked at, we had um, a connection to the big brands in the market. And for rock radio, that would be sports. So when I was in Wisconsin, it was the Green Bay Packers and it was uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, it was the Milwaukee Bucks. It was the Brewers. Um, when I moved back home to Pittsburgh, um, it was the Pittsburgh Penguins. And while I was at DVE, we um, became the flagship station for the Pittsburgh Steelers and their whole Pittsburgh Steelers network. So here I am sitting. All right, what about Akron? Is it uh, rubber? Is it, um, um, and what I became aware of, which I had no idea previous to that, is that Akron was the founding location for Alcoholics Anonymous. It was the place where Dr. Bob Smith and Bill Wilson first came together to meet into what was to become Alcoholics Anonymous, the um, modern recovery process. And then that became the focus for a radio station. Rock and recovery is that mix of 
positive, upbeat songs along with messages, short messages meant to inspire and to be a companion piece for people who are working in a program or who are in a fellowship or people that are recovering from a trauma are dealing with mental health disruptions and for their families and friends as well. It was meant to be a safe place to get good music and to hear good messages to help hit that restart button in your brain to think more positively and, and think more uh, about what what in your life is of value and what you can enjoy. So quite a departure from the sports audience that you were used to in some of your other gigs. It, it was, yeah. So how did you go about connecting with this brand new audience? Well, well, here's the the thing that that was important. That the the idea that I had behind the radio stations, both Kajam and Rock and Recovery, are how do we entertain a, an audience that is not served very well? And how do you do it in a way that not only will entertain them, but is going to nurture something positive that helps in the community? And with the kids, it became a natural thing of how do you get kids to think better about themselves, to have more self-confidence, more self-awareness, and be able to cope with the challenges of the world. Not be something, not not uh, try to paint a picture for kids like, oh, it's going to be great. You're going to love it. But to understand that they are going to face setbacks and that they are going to have to learn how to handle those things so that they can build their own resiliency and find the values in their life that are really going to nurture them. And with Rock and Recovery, it was the recovery audience that was completely ignored. It was it was almost like this was the group of lepers, the people that had mental illness, the people that were recovering from a desperate trauma and, and good heavens, addicts. These were all people that were pretty much left to, to their own devices and with tragic results often. We felt that this was a way to reach out and into that community with music and messages to keep them focused on something good about themselves and to help them with their recovery every day. Now, when we first got into this, uh, we uh, spoke with psychiatrists who said, you know, don't just focus on addiction because that was our initial thought. You know, this rock and recovery is going to be, we're going to help addicts and it's going to be the, the physicians told us there are lots of people that need to hear good messages that need to have hope. And you can find those, those people that will listen to your radio station and be um, a part of the growth of the radio channel. So that's, that's how rock and recovery came in to be. We signed on at the gate lodge at Stan Hewitt Hall and gardens on September 15th of 2011. It was the site where Dr. Bob and Bill W first met in Akron that became the founding of AA. And we have been uh, broadcasting or we've been, uh, we've been broadcasting online uh, since then. Along the way, we now have a nightly broadcast from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. on um, the summit uh, at uh, 91.3 in Akron and uh, 90.7 in Youngstown. And it's a reflection of the online channel with music and messages that are to, to help people sort of wrap up their day and get set for the next day of whatever will be in their lives. Okay. So part of the, um, I guess, the culture in the market that you're serving is being anonymous. So that has to, in and of itself, has to present certain challenges to you when it comes to getting guests to come on on your show and talk about it. Well, Speak to that. Yeah, sure. The, the, the fact is that 
um, in understanding this is the birthplace of AA, that we honor the traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous and all the anonymous groups. So we make no direct references on air to any of those groups. Um, but we do find people who want to share their story of recovery. So we we focus on uh, that they are in a program or that they are in a fellowship so that we don't make any direct references, but there are folks that want to come out and tell a story of recovery. We stay at first names, but there are folks that want to share how happy they are, how blessed they feel, and what a positive outlook they have come through this bad experience in their lives and have found a new community and a new purpose in their lives. Okay. So now let's talk about some of your favorite interviews that you've had. You've conducted many over the years here. As you're five years into it, is is my math right there? Uh, yeah. How many yeah, years yeah, into it? It's five, How's my math? You right on. <laughs> okay, good. Um, oh, that I think that that we have interviewed musicians and celebrities. We've uh, interviewed um, sports figures. We've interviewed. Um, uh, people that have been involved in therapy, physicians and caseworkers and, and therapists, as well as people who are in recovery themselves. And I would say that the most rewarding stories that we get or, or some of the most memorable are people who are telling their own story of recovery, how they came out of the darkness that they were living in to a realization that they had hope and that they could rebuild their self-respect and find a place in their community and in their own minds where they were comfortable and where they were accepting of themselves as they are. That's that's really a powerful turn of events. And, and it was a common theme that whether it was um, – uh, James Young from Styx, uh, the the rock band, or Maurice Claret, uh, the the football player who you, who you struggled, inter- yes, yeah. okay. who struggled f- yeah. through so many things, sure. to um, um, Misty, who is a young woman who faced tremendous um, traumas uh, that accompanied her addiction and mental health disruptions to find her way to clarity and to um, a, a place where she could love herself again. Those are those are all powerful stories. Um, so you've been working in this space of recovery now for, as we said, five years. So does anyone, uh, kind of come to mind who's really made a difference specifically with opioid, with the opioid epidemic to kind of changing things, opening things up? Well, I, I can say this, that I, I come from a major city. Um, I now live in uh, near Akron in, in that uh, community. And what I, what I saw in Akron is that Akron has all the problems of a major city, but is a small enough community that one person can make a difference. And there are so many people with organizations and there is such a tradition of support for people that are having difficulties, whether it's mental health or trauma or addiction, that I was really impressed at the work people can do. And one of the people that really stands out to me is Judge Tom Teodosio and his Turning Point program that he um approaches people who have accepted the restrictions of the program for diversion rather than than jail, incarceration, and who he works with in respect 
and with clarity on how they can restart their lives and and find again the real purpose of their lives. And that is something that I, I can say has been um, a phenomenal experience to witness how that court works, that the prosecutor, the the therapists, the, the um, other staff members who are so supportive, and there's just one thing they expect from anyone who enters that program, and that's honesty. That they just they just each individual has to be honest with themselves and with the court on how they're doing with their program and the resources that are available to them help them find their way through another life. That, that's to me, and that's that court program is happening in other counties in Ohio. It's happening in other cities across the country. But if there is a place where the the folks that find themselves at that place where they're arrested and they, they face real changes in their lives, that the, the turning point program, the drug court programs are real lifelines. They are, are really working to save lives. Uh, that's a great example. Really good. So, Garrett, what should our listeners know about the summit and Rock and Recovery's plan to help address, further address the opioid epidemic in well, our community? I think that we have to think about where are the the people who are in need of the services. We think Rock and Recovery can be a resource um, to be played in the county jails, uh, to be played in the hospitals, that uh, in the hospital rooms where you have your TV with all the channels lined up that you can listen to. That we'd like Rock and Recovery to be one of those channels on your TV in your in your hospital room. That we think that it's being able to reach in and provide music and messaging that helps build resiliency and healing can be of great uh, uh, be a great resource for uh, law enforcement. Who, let's face it, the the county sheriffs are sick and tired of seeing the same people coming through their system. If there's one more tool we can put in their bag that might help somebody build some resiliency and get have enough hope that they can try to make their sobriety and 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 live a clean life happen in their lives they're they're open to it and we're looking for ways we can access that outstanding anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners well i think the the the, the basic premise for rock and recovery when we first started is the same today that the purpose is to build awareness remove stigma and to offer hope. And if there is one thing I have heard, whether talking to a psychologist, to a judge, um, a therapist, or someone in recovery, it's the importance to understand that there is hope. And, and that is something that not only people in recovery cling to, but it's something we all need to understand in our lives every day is that there is hope and that what we need to do is do the work that's in front of us, cope with the world as we see it, not as we would like it to be, and be honest with ourselves on how we can live our lives so that we're at peace, so that we get to sleep at night, so that when we wake up in the morning, we can be glad that we have a new day wise words. Garrett, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for taking the time to uh, to ask. Uh, we're so proud of Rock and Recovery and what it's done and uh, our success with social media and where we think this radio station can go as a unique partner for people that are experiencing recovery from addiction and trauma and mental health disruptions and for their families and friends as well. 
We wish you continued success. Thank you very much. You bet. We've been visiting today with Garrett Hart, the Creative Content Director for the Summit Radio Station, 91.3 in Akron, Ohio, and 90.7 in Youngstown. He also hosts Rock and Recovery. I'm Greg McNeil, founder of Cover 2 Resources. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Cover 2 Resources podcast. This episode is a production of Cover 2 Resources and is made possible by listeners like you. With your support, the Cover 2 team can continue to research and broadcast these resources to others in need. If you'd like to donate or to sponsor a future podcast, please visit cover2.org. As always, thank you for listening. Together, we can make a difference in the opioid epidemic, one life at a time.